thank you for uh, joining us for another episode, another podcast, whatever we're, the proper terminology. It's an episode. It's an episode uh, of Real Parables. Uh, my name is Graham. This is Devin and Matt. We are ministers at the Mesa Church of Christ. And, you know, our whole goal here is to kind of look at um, Hollywood movies as modern-day parables. You know, a lot of times there's... Uh, some misunderstandings and some maybe even some bad blood between the church and um, a lot of what Hollywood produces and uh, we like to look at these as you know things they might not have been intentionally made to have a godly uh, teaching element but uh, that doesn't mean that it isn't there that it doesn't exist you know we see Jesus doing that all the time through uh, the New Testament he takes something that is um, something that everyday people could understand, you know, like a millstone or, you know, food or water or those kind of things, the things that the average person has a pretty good understanding how it works. And he used that to teach crucial elements about life and the nature of God and how we're supposed to live as God's children. So that's what we try and do in uh, this podcast is look at Hollywood movies. Uh, maybe at some point we'll do some TV show stuff. We're going to look at those and do our best to uh, see them as parables for life today. And today we're looking at a new movie. Yeah. You know, mostly we do movies that are um, in that classic, you know. Mm-hmm. The first yeah. one we did was Soul, which had just With come out just, that week. It had just come out. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of times we do stuff like Back to the Future or Goonies mm-hmm. or The Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but this one we're doing, it's, it's much newer. It just came out about... Two months ago, correct? Yeah. Uh, it is called Rhea and the Last Dragon. Devin, you want to tell us more about that? Yeah. It's our second Disney princess movie, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's considered a Disney princess movie. I think so. I think, I think she, she would qualify. Yeah. Uh, but this uh, uh, movie is is new, like Graham was mentioning. It's it's about a, a young girl who lives in this, uh, this place uh, that's all separate. It used to be called Kumandra, mm-hmm. but it is since separated into... I think it was five separate, like, countries, um, which used to be united, but uh, after some uh, discourse over a dragon gemstone, they have since separated. So basically, the world uh, started out all happy, then these things called the Droon mm-hmm. came in and just ruined everything. And they are these beings that are supposed to be the opposite of dragons, and the dragons are, like, the holy images in, in this movie. And uh, the Droon have been... Ca- are, have been created by human discourse is what it says so basically just <laughs> mistrust between mm-hmm. humans and conflict have created evil yeah the, the dragons world. essentially were there to unify people and get everybody working together and supporting each other and each one is kind of elemental yeah. right yeah and each drone has its own elemental aspect to it and the drones just try to they grow and live off of the amount of disunity that happens. yeah exactly which kind of just sets up the whole, or the the main parable you get from this is this uh, balance of trust and faith in each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens is the uh, the Drun are defeated um, by this dragon gemstone that the dragons create. They they kind of sacrifice themselves and and defeat the Drun, which already right there you're starting out with some mm-hmm. some symbolism, some parables, and. Uh, so all that's left is this uh, this gemstone after the dragons do this, but the the humans uh, instead of seeing this great gift, they uh, see it as power, 
in our split over this gemstone and mm-hmm. make their own separate nations. Oh, oh, they ununite from each other. And um, it's all just from this lack of trust. So basically this, this discourse that's already been created because of the Druun, um, which was fixed because the dragons sacrificed themselves, mm-hmm. uh, didn't really matter because the humans don't trust each other anyways. Mm-hmm. It just made things worse. Um, so uh, in the, the Heart Nation, which is kind of in the middle of all these nations, they, the leader of that and uh, her his daughter, Raya, decide that they're going to try to reunite back into Kumandra. They're going to make the world uh, unite again. And uh, they... they Put, they put some trust in it. They have this big festival together with food, trying to unite everybody. And they, they give a little bit of trust, but that trust is uh, is broken. Um, which is interesting because uh, Namari, who's this, the daughter of one of the other leaders, comes and gives Raya a gift, which helps her think, oh, so I, I guess I can trust these people. Mm-hmm. I, I put some trust in them. They, they trust in me. Uh, but is immediately backstabbed. And as a result, the gemstone breaks... Uh, the Droon uh, come back and the, the war, it's like apocalypse basically yeah, they, is happening. They, and the Droon when they attack they hit people and they turn them into stone yeah these statue kind of figures so, rob them of their soul you know their life yeah. force and they just are statues so as we're we're going to be talking about a lot about trust in, in this whole story uh, how trusting are you guys? Uh, I am very trusting until trust is broken yeah, and then rebuilding trust is the hard part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, at, at, it takes uh, a long time, and you know, and in some situations, it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just never fully comes back. You know, I might have you know a little bit of trust that's there, um, but you know, it's not what it was. Was yeah. Yeah, I think I think I'm the same too. I it's I find it really easy to trust new people I meet. Mm-hmm. I I want to trust them and I, I want to build relationships with people. I like to assume people are genuinely yeah. good people that are going to do what's right. Yeah, and not what's wrong. And if if my trust is broken, it's, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm never going to trust them again. It's just very difficult. Mm. Just because of previous times that trust has been broken, it, it's hard to mm. try to mend that. Mm. <laughs> It, it, it's yeah it's just difficult so how can you mend a broken heart yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh, because of this mistrust the drone come back human discourse is is worse now <laughs> more than ever <laughs> yeah. yeah people just trust each other less and less yeah as as the story goes on to their own destruction yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're, literally, they're literally the 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 mistrust is making things worse. Yeah, and uh, so uh, Raya's dad ends up getting uh, taken by the drone, and she ends up escaping. And it, it kind of fast forwards six years later, and you he just... sacrifices himself yeah. so she can escape. Exactly, yeah. which it, he didn't need to. It seemed like he could have jumped in the water. He could have. He could have escaped with her. Yeah, but hey, it's a movie. Maybe that, that would have held her back. Though I that's, don't know. That's true. Uh, then it skips ahead six years later, and Raya's kind of on this mission from this scroll that she she read from that day six years ago that said that Sisu was still alive somewhere in the tail region, just hidden away. So uh, Raya ends up finding her, though, six years later, uh, and they go on this journey of looking for gemstone pieces. 
And uh, as they're going to the first, the first place, which was it wasn't spine, where was it? Tail. It was tail. Tail. So they go to the tail nation first to try to go to the leader and get this gemstone piece. And Sisu recommends we should give her a gift. Mm-hmm. She hasn't been in this world for long. Yeah. So she doesn't really understand all. Gifts the... don't have the impact that he once had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much people just don't have faith in each other anymore, and she's she's like, no, <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna give a gift. That's not gonna work. Um, because Ryan mentioned she's like the last person that gave me a gift backstabbed me <laughs> mm. five minutes later after giving me a gift. Um, but in this in this movie, Sisu is is this Jesus figure, which is funny because. Dragons historically in in uh, literature have been a satanic figure, mm-hmm. but in this movie, they kind of spin that around and make a dragon um, the Jesus figure in this. Yeah. Um, but uh, in this, in or I don't remember if it's this moment or later on, Sisu says, "To get someone to trust you, you have to give a little trust," mm-hmm. which is that whole idea of a gift. You got to show that you got to put yourself out there and show that. You're open to get yourself hurt mm-hmm. for someone else to open themselves up to you. Mm-hmm. And I think putting trust in people that don't trust us is a kind of a beautiful way to do evangelism, which I think we've talked about lots, especially I think we did last episode too mm-hmm. of kind of our technique in evangelism, what works for us personally, mm-hmm. which is just getting to know people, mm-hmm. putting down those barriers and... Everyday opening, life. Opening yourself up so that other people will open themselves up to you. Um, which I, I just think it's a very practical way to just show that you live differently than the rest of the people in the world. Because I don't, there's not very many people that will just walk up to me and just want to get to know me. Mm-hmm. Like, genuinely. Like, they, people just don't do that. So I think it's a cool way for us as Christians to really, like, be examples of what Christ is like mm-hmm. to show that we we want to be trusting. We want to put our trust in other people. Uh, another cool thing about uh, Sisu is this whole Jesus figure is she's a water dragon, which is incredibly convenient because water was like what, <laughs> one of Jesus's favorite things to use uh, as symbolism. Uh, baptism has a cleansing effect. Uh, water into wine. Walking on water, which is how the dragons in this movie fly as they walk on rainwater. Um, and just Jesus being the symbolic living water. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of cool how they did that. I don't know if they did that on purpose, but I don't really care. It's it's great. It's a great yeah. parable. Yeah. It'd be interesting to read the original. I mean, cause a lot of times, you know, Pixar, Disney, they, they base these stories off of um, real-life myth or legends yeah they come from different cultures so it'd be interesting to know like the the story that this was based on and i'm sure quick google search could figure that out i yeah. just didn't do it but um you know to see how much pixar changed because they do that a lot and sometimes yeah. you know they change stuff very conveniently to make things more symbolic mm-hmm. than i think we really give them credit for mm-hmm. i mean we, we saw it a lot in uh soul Oh yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would like to do another look at Soul someday. You know, now yeah. that we've had time to absorb, and we've done this a few times. Yeah, to do like a, a remix 
you know, and look at it from a new and exciting way because yeah, there's just so much there. But anyway, that's that's kind of cool. Like we, you do the same thing with like when we read scripture. I'll I'll like not read a piece of scripture for a long time, and I'll go back and read it again. I'm like, yeah. wow, I never got that from yeah. this scripture yeah. before. But all of a yeah. sudden, it means something completely different to me. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think movies could probably do the same thing. Oh yeah, just like that. Well, especially because there's just so much emotion that's packed into everything Pixar does. You know, they, yeah, you know, really, uh, Pixar is, uh, for lack of a better term, a religious movement. I don't mean to say that they are a godly movement yeah. or a Christian movement or anything like that, but they are unintentionally a religious movement that is trying to shape um, how we think and feel about yeah. things. They, they really do influence the morals. Of and not in a bad way. Genera- no. They're, they're, way. they're engaging us yeah. in a in, in ways that most people don't ever really learn to engage in real life problems and situations. And I think that, um, you know, Ray is a great example because there's stuff that we just don't think about very much. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't think how destructive disunity and discord yeah is in our world and you know you look at the world that we live in um right now and there's a whole lot of disunity i mean just that the the discord is in america mm-hmm. in the political system and i don't want to get into a, a political conversation but just look at it from a outsider's perspective you know from that god's eye view and how much destruction and disharmony is in America because of our disagreement on very human principles. Were you when when uh do you remember when Pokemon Go came out? Yeah, I didn't that play map? It, but yeah. It was very strange. I don't know if you walked around like La Mesa at all. At least at least happened was happening in, in Rochester. I have never seen so many people from different walks of life come together <laughs> for one purpose, which was to catch Pokemon. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Like, our, <laughs> our parking lot, I guess, was a gymnasium. Yeah. So, so they have, yeah, there's Pokestops. Churches were a pretty big point for that. Yeah. So, yeah, I saw a lot more people coming to church that you wouldn't normally see. Yeah. Just because a lot of the times they, they want to hang out and make sure they keep that gym. Yeah. But they got to... They're almost like, I might as well come inside the building. Most of them come in the building. They would hang out by the front sign. <laughs> they'd go over and get some, yeah. uh, they'd go over and get some snack or drink or food from Jack in the Box. And they would like sit out by our front sign and they would walk in circles. But it was literally, like you're saying, it was people from, you know, there are people my age, you know, I, at the time I was, you know, not quite 40, but, you know, yeah. close to it. You know, all the way down to little kids, my my children's age. You know, I think Gabe at the time, I think was, you know, nine or ten or something mm-hmm. like that. And they would just sit out there, and they're all playing the same thing together. They're not talking very much, yeah, but they're all playing <laughs> yeah. the same game. I I, I guess th- that's good. Yeah, I thought that I thought it was pretty remarkable. I thought yeah. when when that came out, I thought, man, is it like, I feel like this might start a movement of just people just being more united and. Hang out with each other. It, it lasted like three months, but well, th- because of what? Because of Discord. Yeah, you know, because we were told, well, China is tracking your movements with that. <laughs> yeah, and whether that was true or not, I don't know. I mean, it's possible that they were. What are they going to do if they know where, you know, you know, a forty-year-old dude who works at uh, Best Buy? <laughs> I don't think they really care about those movements. Yeah. but um, you know, it was enough to put fear into our lives so that we 
don't trust the the other people in the world. Yeah. So, yeah, discord, as these guys use that term, uh, or disunity, is yeah. a very effective tool of our enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a little off topic, but well, it was still on topic. It's a podcast, man. We can yeah. talk about whatever we want. That's true. <laughs> uh, so moving on in the story, they uh, they they re meet uh, Namari, who's again just trying to mess things up. Mm-hmm. Tries to she sees Raya's trying to steal uh, gemstone pieces and uh, tries to stop her, but uh, Raya and Sisu end up getting away. Uh, now when they get to tail, tail they said that um, the queen's greed of mm-hmm. tail. Yeah. Had led to their own destruction because instead of using the bro- her piece of the stone to yeah. help the people, she had isolated herself out on this little like rock pile with a tree yeah. in the middle of this chasm that the drone couldn't get across, but uh, there also wasn't room for anybody else. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty you know maybe you were going to talk maybe this yeah. is one of the things you cut out but. Um, I think that's a pretty accurate description of one of our problems is we get so focused on ourselves and saving ourselves yeah. and doing what's best by me, you know, that we forget there's a whole lot of other people out there yeah. who are depending on us and, and need us to participate in everyday life. And, you know, I think there is even something that was said, you know, that her own greed had uh, lost everybody, even mm-hmm. herself, her own life. Yeah, because when they find her, she's dead in a tree, alone. Yeah. No one else around her. Yeah. Booby traps all around, so she... She still had her stone. Yeah. But she was gone. That's all she had. Yeah. I, I think it's funny, too, talking about greed, because, like, uh, there's that old saying, like, dragons... Yeah, dragon's disease, that just means you're a really greedy person. Yeah. That's more more dragon mm-hmm. I, I, irony there. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, they they uh, they they end up leaving tail through by boat, uh, <laughs> riding. I can't. What's that guy's name again? The little guy. I can't remember. I can't remember his name, but he's this little little chef dude on a boat, who who's pretty. He's a pretty smart guy. Just staying. He's like, I never leave my boat because he clearly lost his parents. Yeah. Yeah. From the drone. Yeah. Because he's terrified of them. Yeah. But they end up escaping um, through the water. And, um, as they're going to the next place, uh, which was Talon, mm-hmm. which is a, a city of thieves and, uh, mm-hmm. pocket pickers and just no goods. Um, they, but, they land there and... But they isolate themselves in the middle of the water. Yeah, which is smart. Because Droom can't cross water. Yeah. Water is the enemy of the Droons. Which makes sense why Raya, the water dragon, is the one that they mm. they entrusted the gemstone to. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I they, thought about that. Yeah. It makes sense. They. It's crazy <laughs> when you think about it. <laughs> right in front of our faces yeah. the whole time. But, you know. uh, they they get to Talon and uh, they're they're like, all right, let's get this next piece. And uh, Raya's like, no, Cece, you stay here on the boat. Uh, we got we got to keep you safe. And I kind of it just reminded me of of the song this little light of mine mm. it's like there raya's trying to go find these pieces to, to give to sisu to where they can reunite the stone again and the very 
the very thing that is the was going to be the most helpful mm-hmm. to get her on her or get her through her journey. She's like, she says, no, I'm just going to keep that. I'm going to hide you I'm, under I'm a bushel. Yeah, I'm going to protect it. I'm going to keep it safe, which is basically the song. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I literally think that it, it's, it, I, I, I don't know if they did this on purpose. This is, I don't know if it's on purpose, but it just feels yeah. so like. Yeah. No, it's very clear that this yeah. was, you know, you're talking about a dragon that has significant powers. Yeah. And they, this dragon doesn't use powers for evil. Like a lot of times it's portrayed in different. Yeah forms of literature mm-hmm. you know this dragon does uses powers to help people but you're leaving that powerful <laughs> dragon mm-hmm. you know behind and um now i think that she saw this dragon as being uh burdensome mm-hmm. because she didn't uh raya didn't see this dragon as understanding the world and the way that it works now yeah mm-hmm. So, uh, because you don't understand, I'm yeah, just going to, so yeah, I'm just going to leave you behind. I'm not really understanding that she has a better understanding than you probably do. I feel like that's how we treat Jesus too sometimes. Yeah. Like we, we treat him like, we treat like God, like he's real innocent. Like you yeah. can't see the evil that's happening yeah, yeah. in our lives. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> it's, it's amazing, you know, how often I'll be talking to somebody who's I'll, I'll call them churchy mm-hmm. you know they're not necessarily um currently following jesus yeah but they understand church norms and what you can and can't do mm-hmm. and sometimes you know they're going through emotional situations for good or bad and they use profanity sometimes accidentally they don't and they're like oh i'm so sorry yeah you shouldn't have had to hear that i'm like I hear that on a almost daily. Yeah, I don't worry about it. I'm okay. You're you're not gonna make my head explode because you used a little bit of foul language. And I think yeah. we treat Jesus like that. Oh my gosh. You know, I can't I can't take Jesus to that part of the world because they're just not pure enough to to hear. Yeah. You know, like um, I remember when uh, I first started in youth ministry, uh, Pedro. You remember Pedro? Mm-hmm. Um, I took him to a, a custom car show and I didn't fully understand what San Diego custom car show is. I was used to Northern California custom car show, yeah. which meant like old school hot rods, mm-hmm. not low riders. Yeah. So, but I was cool. I mean, it was, it was still old cars and they had cool paint jobs mm-hmm. and it was a different crowd than I was used to be around with, but I didn't feel threatened at all. Yeah. So he was mortified that I was talking to these probably people who were involved in gangs yeah. Uh, maybe not all of them, but some of them, definitely. And I, I'm talking to him about how, oh, yeah, I'm a youth minister here, and this is the, you know, one of the kids in the youth group, and, you know, how could you talk to these people about Jesus? Yeah. I'm like, who do you think Jesus would be talking to? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus isn't going to go to... I don't know if he'd preach in churches. He, he'd I don't be, think he would. He'd be, he'd be anywhere but a church. I, yeah. I mean, unless there was a church that was really good about bringing people from the outside in... I don't think Jesus would have a whole lot to do with being in churches on Sunday morning. No, I don't think so either. I think he'd much rather be out in the... Uh, I think Jesus rather go hang out at, um, you know, a festival that was in town. You know, so whenever they have the... Uh, what, what are the Gator by the Bay Festival? You know, it's like the Cajun guy, Zydeco thing. I haven't heard of that. 
Yeah, but whenever they have that, and it's not here this year because of COVID, but during COVID, whenever they have those those kind of festivals or whatever, I think Jesus would be there because there's average everyday people who don't know who he is that he can talk to. Mm-hmm. What are some times you guys have hid your faith instead of letting it shine? I think when I first became a believer. I, I hid my faith a lot at work, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I just don't want to go through the, you know, restaurant business, you know, is for the most part, not always, but for the most part, restaurants are pretty unchristian places. Yeah. Um, you might have people that go to church here and there, but very, and, and the, for the most part, they're pretty unchristian. So there were, I'd hide it, you know, in the kitchen, especially, you know, maybe there were some servers that were you know, believers, but, you know, people that work in the back typically didn't. Um, and even to some family, because, you know, I don't come from a family of believers, so, you know, sometimes at family events, you know, they would ask, well, what have you been up to lately? Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing I would tell them was, well, I've been going to church, you know, because that was kind of, I, I almost saw being a Christian as a weakness. Yeah. You know, like, well, I'm giving up on life uh, because I'm not strong enough to handle things myself, and mm-hmm. I'm going to have this false uh, trust in something else to handle my problems. Yeah. But that's not it at all. You know, I, but I felt that way in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I went through the same thing, you know, especially in, when I first came back to school from college, you know, when I first came back to that semester in college after, you know, giving my life to Christ, it was really, I was really just, um, you know, I, I told some friends, but like, not everybody knew. I didn't, I, you know, I, I, you know, there's a few people that I trusted to tell them the rest of them. I just, mm-hmm. I just didn't, you know. Yeah, marching band, marching band environment's a pretty, yeah, unchristian environment. You yeah. might have people that say they're Christians, but they definitely don't act like it. Yeah. So it's, it's very, you know, like my, you know, my band director who I was like, you know, super close with, like, you know, he and I, you know, he and I would like, you know, hang out and get beers and stuff. So. You know, I, I never really talked to him about it because he was very much, um, like, he would only go to church on Easter and Christmas. Yeah. Like, because his wife would, like, force him to go. Yeah. Like, the rest of the time, like, he just didn't care. That's your obligation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, you know, I hit it for, I hit it for a while, but there were some people that I, you know, that I did tell, but, mm-hmm. yeah, it's one of those things, like, you know, people don't need to know right now, like, it's, you know, I can just keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I think, because I, I hit it a lot in, when, like, middle school. I, I did not want anyone to know. And I think it was just, like, a judgment thing. I didn't want people to really, like, know the real me and risk mm-hmm. them not wanting to be friends with me. It was the same, like, uh, I I made a lot of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! YouTube videos back then. Uh-huh. And I deleted all the videos on YouTube because I was like, I don't want any of my friends to see this and not want to be friends with me over uh-huh. this. So I think it's part of, like, I, I didn't want to be judged. Yeah. Based off of my faith, yeah. which is kind of, I probably not a good thing because I think you kind of want to be judged. You want people to see that you are different. Yeah. You want to be someone that people want to be like. Yeah. But we don't usually look at things with rational minds when it comes to that kind no. of stuff. No. It's true. No. Ration, rationale is not something that is a real prevalent part in society. Yeah. So uh, in in Talon is where Susu kind of sees a uh, firsthand that 
uh, people are not very trustworthy. Mm-hmm. She had uh, she is lied to and betrayed, mm-hmm. and then Raya ends up saving her and being like, "I told you, like you can't, yeah. you can't trust people." And and this, Sisu kind of ignores it and just she's like, "No, I st- I think giving a gift was the right the right idea still." And uh, they they move on from Talon to Spine to get the the next one, and as, as they're going from place to place, they're kind of accumulating this group of people. Yeah. These, like, misfits that don't really yeah. belong together at all. In uh, a... <laughs> in uh, So there's... There's the the, the dude... The cook... The cook dude from, uh... Talon. From Talon... Or not... Tail. And then Talon, there's the baby and the and the monkeys. <laughs> and no, then... They, the I don't think baby. They, they don't think they got anybody from Tail. Yes, yeah, the... That's, that's the, 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 the boat guy. He was, he was part of Talon, though. No, he's part of Tail. Talon was uh, was the other place. Okay. So they get the baby and the monkey, mm-hmm. or the monkeys, mm-hmm. and then they get the huge barbarian-looking dude from Spine. Yeah. So there's all there's really weird group of people, mm-hmm. and it just reminded me a lot of just the disciples. I think I think uh, God's really good at just uh, offering redemption to people who are coming from all different walks of life because like the disciples some of them were not the the best of people there was tax collectors in there uh zealot uh uh, judas was a thief Mm -hmm. um there's all these people of weird walks of life that would not be expected to be the the first christians yet they were the developer leaders and developers of the first church exactly (laughs) yeah um, and I, I, I think that it, the movie did a really good job at showing like these people that were pretty broken, uh, have lost people from the Drune, um, also just are not very trusting people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sisu kind of turns that around and be like, you can trust me. Mm-hmm. She is this image that they see and they immediately are just drawn to trust her. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot like Jesus. Jesus shows up and says, follow me. And they just follow Jesus. Did it say how long it had been since um, anybody had seen a dragon? Uh, it was, I think, f- like five hundred years. Five hundred years. But they 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 see him and they f- yeah. they follow him, and I it's it's literally just like Jesus mm-hmm. and the disciples. So I thought that was a pretty cool um, thing in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get towards. Yes, is Yeah. It was, uh, it's almost like, uh, each one and kind of, you know, if you look at their personalities, each one of them kind of represents their own, um, deficiencies that we see in, um, you know, in humanity, you know, you see the, uh, the, the kid on the boat, whatever his name was, you know, he's just paralyzed by fear, mm-hmm. you know, the little baby that's living in the streets, you know, alone is um, just kind of resigned to the fact that uh, I have no one in life, you know, mm-hmm. that no one loves me. Yeah. And then the um, the big barbarian dude, you know, he's kind of, he's all alone, you know, all of his people, you know, were killed, so he just, you know, is epitomized by loneliness you know you see that you know when he sees the baby and 
you know, uh, and it's amazing that you see these broken people, you know, is what I, you know, they're yeah. just, like you said, they're just broken, messed up, flawed people, and how even in that brokenness, they found um, family, and that just is really not just an illustration of how Jesus found these disciples, but, you know, what the church is like today, yeah. you know, that the church is not made up of perfect people. You know, it's not made up of, not that Rhea was perfect, but no. but she was definitely the most put together yeah. of all these individuals. She's kind of like a Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like wants to trust, but yeah. isn't super trusting. Yeah. Just kind of runs in there and gets stuff done. Yeah. But, you know, so you have all these broken, flawed people who uh, have lost a lot. And the church is filled with the same kind of people today or at least it should be mm -hmm. and those are the kind of people that we need to be trying to bring in because those are the people who you know like jesus said i came to seek and save those that are lost yeah you know i could be looking out for jesus, trying to yeah. find more people that are like jesus yeah. out there <laughs> yeah he's the uh you know he's that field medic that's going out to those who are uh at most at risk of losing yeah everything because the people who have everything sometimes don't know that they need it yet mm -hmm. not that they need to be ignored no but um you know the, the the lost and hurting where jesus is focused and that's what the church is made up of yeah we're all broken people mm. it was uh it was boone and tong were the other people's names okay I had to look it up because mm. it was going to bother me if I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the, the, after they uh, they have all the pieces but one now, which is in Fang, mm -hmm. so they gotta go, they gotta go where Namari is. Where which her, doesn't sound like a very friendly place. No, and I, I thought Fang was an interesting group of people because they were they were acting like they were so like impoverished. Yeah. When they're definitely the the people that are doing the best out yes. of all the regions after the whole apocalypse yes. happened. They've, they've built themselves up and are nice and safe. And I didn't write any notes on this, but it kind of, it, it kind of just reminds me of how Christians can be sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's like, we act like we're, we're Whoa so... Woe is me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> things are not that bad. We know who, we know who Jesus is. We have a relationship with Jesus, mm -hmm. but we like to act like we're just, we're just in the worst situation ever, mm -hmm. which I don't think that's the case. No, no, we have an awful lot in comparison to people out there. Yeah, I, I think we're we're a pretty blessed people. Um, but they they have to go to uh thing and try to figure out how they're going to get this last piece. And um, Sisu again, um, says, "Hey, we should we should give a gift." And I, I think I think it's interesting in this situation that Sis Sisu's witnessed firsthand how how much uh, distrust people have. Mm -hmm. She was lied to and was almost killed, um, but she says that we should still trust in Namari. We should we mm -hmm. should send her a gift and see what happens. So they do that. They send her a gift, and uh, Namari shows up. And I think it's interesting that we see in this this situation, Namari ends up killing. Sisu, mm -hmm. and you you know in this situation that Namari loves Sisu, but she's still compelled to betray mm -hmm. Sisu. It's just 
so much human nature mm. to distrust that she killed like this thing that she idolized. Mm -hmm. She like she calls herself a dragon nerd, mm -hmm. and I I feel like the the Jews when they crucified Jesus they were they were looking for their Messiah mm -hmm. for so long yet they're the ones that crucified him. They couldn't see past themselves. Exactly. Um, I, I, I just think that's a really cool parallel you see in this. And then uh, uh, Sisu sacrifices herself. She dies. And Raya, Raya first responds with like just pure anger out of this. Mm -hmm. She's going to go venge the kill of, of Sisu. But as she sees that the people are, around her are hurting that they're suffering, that kind of flips. And she decides she's also going to sacrifice herself. So I think it's interesting how uh, Raya and all these misfits and Namari, they all end up literally entombed. Mm. More symbolism. <laughs> literally entombed in this room where the Droon are about to just finish them off. And they, uh, one by one, sacrifice themselves. They, they put their trust mm. in each other that this is going to fix everything. And I, I like that there's, after this all happens and they all, they've all sacrificed themselves and there's like this second of rest where nothing's happening. Like it's like a solid, like three seconds that nothing is just happening. You think, are they really going to do that? Yeah. Like everything's just, are they going to time band at this? I think that's what you said when that happened to you. Like, this is terrible. This is time banded all over. <laughs> And then you see you see the the gym light up and everyone is resurrected. At I, I can't say it more any more times that they had to. I feel like they did it on purpose. Like yeah, the the symbolism in this of of the of the death and resurrection is insane. And I I of all of the movies that we've talked about like sacrifice and resurrection, I don't know if there's been one yet that's been no. so clear and so like. Yeah perfect in the way they've showed yeah. it to kids and in that you have i don't know that there's a better illustration of how faith works yeah because you have all these people you know starting with Rhea. you know she's yeah. the first one they have no idea if this is going to work you know they they're under they're underground because you know the drin are out and they're you know crouching in and there's almost nothing left and she has this moment where maybe she had a God speaking to me moment. Maybe yeah. there was something that stirred inside. And she decided to allow herself to sacrifice her peace for the greater mm -hmm. good of what's going on. And she has no idea without the water dragon because, you know, the water dragon's gone. Yeah. And the water dragon was the one that was supposed to bring these pieces back together. Mm -hmm. Now, they don't know if it's even possible to allow this, you know, if they have the ability to bring all these back together in the first place, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to sacrifice myself for the chance that it might work. And there's very few other illustrations out there that drive that home any clearer. Yeah. Because, you know, we are called all the time to step out on faith. You know, like there's that story in the Old Testament, you know, where um, Joshua and the Israelites, 
they're about to cross the Jordan River and they're told that you need to build this altar in the middle of the river. And you're talking about a very large, mm -hmm. raging river. <laughs> yeah. And they're told to build this um, stone altar and place it in the middle. And their question is, well, how am I supposed to do that? You tell me how to do it, we'll do it. And God just says, just go. And they had to take that first step, not knowing if this is actually going to work. Yeah. They have no idea if any of their plans are going to come together. And it wasn't until their feet hit the water that the water started to recede so they could do it. And it's the same kind of thing here. They had no idea of bringing all these stones back together in this state, even if they had all five pieces, mm -hmm. if it would actually go back together. Yeah. They had to walk in faith. They had to take that initial step. They didn't and, even know if the next person was going to give up their yeah, stones. They might not have. Yeah. But, you know, Rhea had to take the chance, and then the other people had to take the chance. And is Omari, at the last one left, is Omari going to do the right thing mm -hmm. and try and bring these pieces back together? It's a great illustration of, you know, death and sacrifice and resurrection and faith. It is, it's a very powerful moment in mm -hmm. a movie that's meant for kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think it teaches, teaches kids what the resurrection looked like from a mm -hmm. kid's point of view. Mm-hmm. Not, you're not going to show kids passion with Christ. I hope not. But, <laughs> yeah, I hope not. You might have some phone calls to child <laughs> services. But you, but I think you show them this. I think this is yeah really good. And and like tell them this is this is what Jesus did. Mm. Um, so uh, another another fun thing I, I I liked in this was food in this movie. Food is a big mm. a big point in this movie. Uh, in the beginning, uh, Raya's dad's talking about how uh, she they make this this bowl of soup that mm -hmm. has ingredients from each part of Kumandra, mm -hmm. and this dish would not be good without each of those. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I just th I just think food's a big a big point in this, and a food's a big point I think in just Christianity in general. Mm -hmm. um, in, in the movie. Uh, the first words that uh, Sisu says after she's resurrected is, I am so hungry. <laughs> um, and it is, it just kind of reminds me how like in, in Genesis 18... Uh, I'm hungry enough to eat that jerky. No, <laughs> the jackfruit jerky, which yeah. I personally like jackfruit jerky. I think jerky. jackfruit jerky is good. Maybe she just had bad jackfruit jerky. Yeah. I think, I think jack, jackfruit jerky tastes better than jackfruit itself, mm. but that's just me. Uh, in Genesis 18, when... Uh, Sarah and uh, Abram make uh, thirty six pounds of bread for God. Mm. I it just this kind of reminds me just like God made food taste good mm -hmm. for a reason because food just kind of brings people together. Like this this coming Sunday we're having a potluck mm -hmm. and we're it, the reason why we have potlucks the reason why we have communion is this sharing of a meal together. Well, we would have just had potluck when this comes out. Right? Yeah, when this comes out, but yeah, beforehand. Yeah, it's. Having having potlucks and having communion, these are these are sharing of meal together. Like mm -hmm. the, this is important because uh, we're doing it in remembrance of Jesus. Mm -hmm. When we have these these big meals, when we eat together, we remember we remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And I think that's a cool thing about potlucks too. Is the same idea of we're bringing all these different foods together for one big meal. Mm -hmm. Um, because I mean, and if all you ate was deviled eggs, you might have some problems. <laughs> yeah, we are. I'm going to need some other things other than deviled eggs or some mac and cheese. Yeah, or chocolate cake. <laughs> um, 
See, God, God made food taste good. I was just curious. What are your guys' favorite foods? Like, what are, what are the foods that are just so heavenly? <laughs> You're like, man, God is good for making this. Oh, man. I'd say overall, like, if there's, you know, one food that I would not want to do without for the rest of my life, yeah. it would probably be sushi. I love, 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 love yeah. sushi. I mean, I like a good piece of steak. I don't have to have that. You know, uh, favorite junk food is ramen, but I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, I can do without that. I, mm-hmm. I intentionally try to do without that because yeah. it's not good for me. Uh, <laughs> Very sodium. Yeah. Very and there's sodium. a lot of other junk foods that I don't know that those were necessarily made by God. He might have <laughs> yeah. made the, he might have made the raw ingredients, but there's definitely some science behind that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, sushi just, especially if you go to, to somebody who knows how to uh, blend flavors like, yeah. you know, like Raya's father. You know, it just, each one adds to the overall balance mm-hmm. of each bite. And it's it's so crucial. You know, that's what I think they're trying to, you know, yeah. communicate here is that each one of these spices adds to the balance and fullness of flavor that you see in the food. And ultimately, what he was trying to communicate is the fullness of the world around us. Yeah. You know, that we all need each other. You know, to really have uh, the fullness that we want to have. Yeah. You know, and that's what unity is all about. Yeah. I think especially like modernized sushi or just really modernized food in general, there's so many hybrids of things. Yeah. Like taking different cultures and mixing those foods mm-hmm. together. Like I love, I love, uh, it's basically sushi. I love poke bowls. Yeah. Just deconstructed sushi. Mm-hmm. It's just a faster way for me to shovel sushi in my mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, it's kind of, it's it is just this great mix of different things because I don't want to eat just rice. That doesn't no. sound fun. I love brie cheese too. Mm, brie cheese is pretty good. I don't eat brie cheese that often, but like when you do, when I do, mm-hmm. it's a little piece of heaven. I'm yeah. a chips and dip guy. I love <laughs> chips and dip. Which ones? Any any specific ones? Um, queso. Probably my favorite. But, like, chips and salsa are great. I mean, yeah. Chips and guacamole. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Yeah. You gotta mix them together. You can't just have guac. You can't just have chips. You gotta have... You gotta put them together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they got... Yeah. They don't work separate. I exactly. mean, chips kind of can work separate. Like, I'm just gonna eat a spoonful of guacamole. I want, to, I want something to shovel the guacamole into my face, and that's gonna be a chip. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Well, that's, that's all I got, unless you guys have anything else to add. No, I, I love the, the image here. Um, is what we talked about this last couple seconds. Is, yeah. Uh, the image of unity, you know, and how important unity was for the people. You know, they, they had allowed disharmony to bring so much separation and divisiveness among them that they were an incomplete people. But, you know, at the end of the movie, you see, you know, these Droon have been dis- defeated. You know, the dragons are back. And, you know, society is now the way it was always meant to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it was this harmonious um, celebration. That doesn't mean the people weren't still themselves. Yeah. You know, uh, you know Raya is still going to be Raya. Mm-hmm. But now Raya doesn't have to have all the bitterness and all the frustration and loneliness that she had for all those years because 
people been reunited. Reunited and it feels so good. <laughs> All right, I'll stop. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this podcast. Um, uh, let us know other movies that you guys want to listen. Uh, we've had other people tell us movie suggestions, uh, but we'd love to hear yours, and uh, we love doing these because we love movies. Yeah. We love Jesus. We love mixing them together. Yeah. It's, it's just fun. Uh, so thanks for joining us, and hopefully you can listen in on uh, another episode soon. Have a good one.